When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1824. Stop apologizing and say what you really mean. By Kate Hess of NourishNestBreathe.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD once again this weekend with me, your host and narrator, Greg Audino. Great to have you here today, where I will be sharing the work of an author we've heard from on Optimal Living Daily, uh, but not here yet, who goes by the name of Kate Hess. So without further ado, let's hear what she has to say about apologizing as we optimize your life. Stop Apologizing and Say What You Really Mean by Kate Hess of NourishNestBreathe.com First, just a clarification. If through your own action or inaction, or what you said or did not say, you intentionally or unintentionally hurt someone else, I absolutely think it is correct to apologize. The important factor in this definition is the connection to your own agency. It is ownership of yourself, of your words and behaviors that result in the need to say, I'm sorry. However, if the following sounds familiar, then you might have an I'm sorry problem. When Adam and I first met, we found we were constantly apologizing to each other. But not because our relationship had a rocky start. If one of us had a tough day at work, we would apologize. If Adam was stuck in traffic on his way to pick me up, I would apologize. When my meal came with cheese on it because I forgot to ask to have it held off, Adam would apologize. It seemed like one of us was constantly saying, I'm sorry. But here's the problem. We were apologizing for something we had zero control over. I has. When we were saying, I'm sorry, what we really meant was, wow, that sucks. I wish you didn't need to deal with that. So a few weeks into our relationship, we sat down to talk about the I'm sorry issue. We were both tired of not only saying it, but also hearing it. I didn't want or need Adam to take responsibility for things beyond his control, nor did he want that from me. Once we clarified that we were on the same page as to exactly what we meant when we said I'm sorry, it was time to find a better phrase. We tossed out several ideas, but ended up settling on I has. It stands for I hear and sympathize. Through using I has, we were able to let the other person know that we were actively listening to them. We had heard that they were frustrated or upset by something. We were also able to express that we sympathized with the feelings that they had in regards to the situation, and that while we couldn't change it, we wished they did not have to experience it. Four years later, we've been using I has for four years now. Sometimes I find myself saying it to friends and family before I realize they have no idea what I mean. 
but that has caused me to be more thoughtful of when I say I'm sorry outside of my relationship with Adam. Now I'm just as likely to say, that's rough, or that sucks, or even, I wish you didn't have to deal with that. When I say I'm sorry now, often it means I'm apologizing for something that is actually my responsibility, a situation caused by my own agency. In my relationship with Adam, this has also brought a deeper meaning to I'm sorry. Now if one of us says it, we understand that it is not just an offhanded comment thrown out to try and gloss over an uncomfortable situation. When one of us apologizes now, we understand that there is a level of ownership for the situation at hand, and an intent to prevent it from happening again. It doesn't mean we never have to apologize, but it does mean that when we do it, it feels genuine. Let's make I has go viral. I wish that I has would take off. Does the following conversation sound familiar? You talking to a friend. I had a tough day at work today. Nothing seemed to go right. Friend. I'm sorry. You. No need to apologize. It isn't your fault. Now, imagine if you didn't have to have this conversation on a regular basis with friends and family. What if instead the conversation went like this? You talking to a friend. I had a tough day at work today. Nothing seemed to go right. Friend. I has. Do you want to talk about it? Or would you rather I tell you a funny story about my children, my cat, my spouse? You. I don't want to dwell on it. But I would love to hear a funny story. Your friend could add that second sentence in after the I'm sorry in the first conversation. But we tend to get stuck on the I'm sorry regardless of what comes next. You don't want your friend to feel bad because you had a bad day. That just amplifies the negative feelings. For me, the issue is not about getting sympathy. It's simply in having my feelings and needs acknowledged by someone I care about. Flex your boundary muscle. Since implementing I has in my relationship with Adam, I've become much more aware of my usage of I'm sorry. And here's what I realized. Every time I said I'm sorry, what I really meant was I has. And what I was doing was taking ownership and responsibility for someone else's actions or inactions, words or lack of words. By being more careful of when I actually say I'm sorry, I'm creating healthy boundaries with the world around me. I still try to be careful to own what is mine, but I also try to be careful to not own what is not mine. I am no longer trying to fix everything for everyone. By changing my language, I was able to change my sense of responsibility. Now, if Adam has a rough day at work or gets stuck in traffic, I can sit down with him, I listen while he talks about it, I sympathize with the situation. When he's done talking about it, I can let it go. It wasn't my day, and there isn't anything I can do to fix it, aside from winning the lottery and moving us to a deserted island. If you're struggling with boundaries of your own, try to start listening to how many times you say, I'm sorry, throughout the day. How much are you owning that which has nothing to do with you? Try to change just a few of those instances of I'm sorry each day to I hear what you're saying. That sounds like it was really tough. See if you feel different walking away from those conversations instead of apologizing. Try journaling on your experiences over a week or two to get some perspective on time without relying on your memory. Try finding a phrase or a few phrases that work for you that feel comfortable when you say them. And most importantly, just keep flexing that boundary muscle. You just listened to the post titled, Stop Apologizing and Say What You Really Mean, 
by Kate Hess of NourishNestBreathe.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And thank you to Kate. I really love the idea behind this post, uh, which is essentially just being mindful about communication, you know, and holding oneself accountable to communicating honestly, as opposed to going on autopilot, which we all tend to do. She's really found a wonderful way around this with her partner, Adam. And it is something I hope that you might consider implementing, as is often the case with these articles I read to you. But put differently, I think the best takeaway from this article is the reminder that communication goes beyond words. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in saying what sounds appropriate, what would theoretically fit into a situation and keep us from sounding impolite, uh, that we forget both how critical it is to communicate honestly as well as the fact that so much of our communication is actually nonverbal. In fact, research suggests that only 7% of the information we take in from others is verbal, while 38% comes from the tone and the remaining 55% comes from body language. So, you know, not only does saying the quote-unquote right words not cut it, but it's also not likely to fool anyone either. Certainly not anyone who really knows you or really wants to know you. Something to keep in mind as we sign off, everybody. Thanks, as always, for stopping in and making ORD part of your day. And be sure to stick around because our weekly bonus episode is now available as well. And you'll find it right after this one in your feed. So be sure to tune in for that, and I'll see you there, where your optimal life awaits.